Hey, all right, everyone. Welcome to Heal Thyself. As always, thank you for joining the show, taking the time out of your day. I know you all busy people, and you got a lot of things to do, and I do recognize and realize the time you're taking to turn on your phone, to search for Heal Thyself, to click on it, and then to give it your attention. Whether it's half your attention or your full attention, whatever it is I'm grateful for, thank you so much. Ready? Check this out. Today's show, I can't wait. I've been working on this for quite a while, me and my assistant, uh, to learn about which kombucha companies are the best out there because there is a big spectrum. Not all kombuchas were created equal, and we're going to learn about which ones are the best and why and which ones to watch out for and why. Because a lot of us are drinking kombucha. I know a lot of you listening drink kombucha. You might be on your way to the supermarket to get kombucha. So regardless, kombucha is on the way and we're going to learn about the best of the best. Kombucha has become so popular for the past 10 years, over the past 10 years. I mean, it's been around for a while. But for me, my experience with it has been a boom over the past 10 years. And I remember first hearing about it when I was in a naturopathic school, right? And for me, I swear it was just the earthy, hippie people who were drinking it in my school, and they were brewing it, and they were, I was getting cups of it, and I was like, whoa, this is really strong stuff, and I feel really good, and my gut feels really good, and my bloating went away, and uh, I was gassy, and it went away, and it was just really helpful. But then a year into it, I go to Whole Foods in Fairfield, Connecticut, and I see some kombucha there, and they're selling kombucha. I go, wow, they're selling this stuff. All right, cool. Then I see it in New York City a year later, and then my time in Philadelphia, I would see it in the Whole Foods there. I'm like, okay, okay, maybe it's really growing on the East Coast. I know a lot of people in Maine were doing it, a lot of people in New Hampshire, New England. I thought it was a New England thing. And then I get to the West Coast, and I'm at Whole Foods in Mountain View, California, and I see tons of kombucha brands, right? I, I actually see a whole end cap, uh, refrigerator end cap of kombucha brands. So I was like, okay, kombucha's here. They've made it on the market. It's been booming since. As per Fortune Business Insight, the global kombucha size stood close to 2 billion in 2019 and is projected to reach 10.45 billion by 2027. And it's projected to exhibit a compound annual growth of 23.2% during that forecast period. So kombucha is not only here, it's gonna be here for a while and it's growing. But why? Why do people love kombucha and does it help? Well, I'll get started by saying this before anything. If you have listened to my show with Fermenting Fairy, Lauren Moans, uh, you probably heard a lot about the kombucha industry. If you haven't, I really highly recommend you go back on it because if you love kombucha, you gotta hear what she says. She stated that kombucha is not what it was. Not what I was drinking years ago or even getting at Whole Foods years ago. You can't even call it traditional kombucha anymore. Why? Because she's saying that the quality has become diluted. Microorganisms that are being introduced to kombucha now are not supposed to be in kombucha. It's for mass production, right? Uh, but also the adulteration is affecting the quality of the kombucha. Like she said, it can't even be called wild fermented kombucha anymore. They're utilizing a very specific spore-based bacteria called Bacillus coagulans. It's really resilient to the environment, to heat, to really cold temperatures. But by the FDA, it's considered a food additive, not a microorganism, and it's been used by many companies genetically modified and patented. So now, in kombucha, Big Food and Big Pharma has become involved in the processing, which not always is a bad thing, but sometimes it is. And every probiotic food that you're seeing, and it's a boom, right? I know you've seen probiotic proteins, probiotic protein powders, uh, bars, coffees, 
everything is getting infused with probiotics. They're utilizing this spore-based bacteria called Bacillus coagulans, right? The problem is it's not fermented properly as nature intended. So this process is not what we know as traditional kombucha, and we're likely seeing pasteurization of the product, which is killing all of the good bacteria, and then infusing it with Bacillus coagulans. The implications is that not only is it watered down, it's a different product, so you can't expect it to work the same way when it comes to our gut health. Real kombucha that's fermented properly works like other fermented foods, right? It helps restore the gut balance, optimize our gut function, reduces inflammation, modulates the immune system, and it does so by a very specific mechanism. It's not that you consume the fermented foods or drink the kombucha and it seeds all over your gut and begins to propagate and reproduce and you have more and more gut colonies growing. It's more like it's a signaling process. The way that Mary Pardee, when came on the show and used the analogy of a passerby in a village spreading really good information, knowledgeable, quality information that helps the community grow. Sort of like that. But a variety of fermented foods are essential to health. We know that. Variety is very important. The more fermented foods people eat, the greater number of microbial species diversity in the gut. The more gut diversity, the closer it parallels our overall state of health. Now that we understand about the kombucha industry and some of the problems within the industry, why don't we get to the products and learn about which popular kombuchas I would go for and which ones I would stay away from. All right, so in this product review, my assistant, Melly and I, we completely went over most of, most of the really popular kombuchas out there. And we asked them five very important questions. What is the water source for making the tea? What is the water source for making the kombucha? Do you use green tea or black tea as a source? Would you be willing to send over testing that you've done for heavy metals, if that is something that you test for? And are your labels reflecting honest sugar content? Now, we asked number one and two because it's something we don't think of. When you're using tea, it needs to be brewed. It needs to be brewed with water. And a lot of the time, we don't even consider what the type of water, if it's filtered, is being used in the product, right? The problem with tap water, and listen to water at show one and two, where I talked about both issues with it, it has plastic, it has medications, it has fluoride, pesticides, herbicides, insecticide, other heavy metals. So really, we have to understand that when a company is utilizing water, what type of water they're using? Are they specifying that it's filtered or reverse osmosis water? Or is it just very ambiguous term of water? because many times we can assume they're using tap water. So it's a very important question we ask these companies. And then the other side of it is the SCOBY, right? The symbiotic colony of bacterial and yeast. They're the colony, right, that is floating around in the kombucha, but they bioabsorb all of these toxins. They sequester, they concentrate all of these toxins. So on top of that, with kombucha, not only is it brewed with water, but also the SCOBYs can completely suck up all these toxins, which you can be ingesting. So, very important to know about the water quality. We la number four, we asked about heavy metals because I've done many shows on heavy metals. We know they affect your health. We know they bioaccumulate. They don't, you don't just drink them and pee them out or poop them out. They stay in the body for quite a while. So we have to be very vigilant on those. Um, and when it comes to sugar, that's, a, that's something hidden in kombucha that not a, a lot of us talk about. One thing that I made very clear is that we have to look at the serving size and the sugar. A lot of the time, the kombucha companies will show the sugar content, and we'll fall for it, but it might be half the serving size, or maybe even a third of the serving size. 
then we've, we buy it thinking that it, the sugar is low, and then we end up drinking the whole bottle and we have triple the amount of sugar. So very important that we need to pay attention because it can be a source of sugar for us. So quickly, the companies that we couldn't get any information from, you, you all know how this works by now. Uh, Forage, Hum, Cosmic, Vita, GTs, surprisingly, those are big ones. Wild Tonic, uh, Bear's Fruit, Holy Kombucha, Buddha's Brew, The Brew, Revive, Bless Booch, and Wonder Drink. Nothing from them. Okay. Um, and a, a really popular one that I actually used to drink a lot of is the Health Aid one. Now, the Health Aid, they answered, they said they use purified water, they use reverse osmosis. Um, they use a combination of green and black tea. They fall under Proposition 65, which is actually very strict criteria for heavy metals and pesticides. So that's a good thing. And uh, we didn't get any tests, but they said that product consistency and transparency is very important. So their labels are true and accurate, especially when it comes to the sugar. So with that said, uh, with HealthAid, I think 16 grams of sugar is a lot per bottle. That's the, that's the flavor that I looked for. I don't remember the flavor, but one of their flavors has 16 grams, and, and it's a lot. And they do, I, I would actually recommend you all do this as a practice. Go to the HealthAid website, look at their products, and look at their ingredients. And you'll see that they use bacillus coagulants. So we can assume that they go through the same process that I was just talking about earlier in the Knowledge Bomb segment, that they pasteurize the real, the, the way you ferment kombucha completely, right? How you do it properly, they pasteurize it, and then they add bacillus coagulants. Um, for me, health aid then shouldn't be called kombucha. It should be called something else. It should be called pasteurized kombucha, and then rename it with infused bacillus coagulants, which is a food additive, which, it, for me, doesn't have the expansive effect that real fermented kombucha would. So with that said, I wouldn't have it. Brew Doctor, the next one, uh, they use uh, municipal water. They use filtered water from Portland. Um, they utilize green tea, black tea, white tea, Olang in the past. They read the certificates of analysis from the water companies, and they trust that the heavy metals are below regulation, and they say that their sugar content is honest. So uh, when it comes to this brand, I love that they're organic. I don't like that they don't self-test for heavy metals. I think it's important. Uh, and only looking at it from a water standpoint, but not considering that tea leaves need to be brewed and tea leaves can be really high in heavy metals. So I think, I think they should be testing for heavy metals after and not just depending on the water company. Um, I don't like that they use cane sugar as one of their first ingredients. I don't like that there's 15 grams of sugar with 14 grams of sugar added. I don't think that they use bacillus coagulants, but I can't guarantee it. Uh, so we don't know if they ferment their kombucha properly. Um, there's better ones out there. So when it comes to some better companies, uh, Better Booch was a pretty good one. They use water filtration. They use black, green tea, white, oolong, rooibos, sencha, puer tea. So they use a variety of different teas. Um, when it comes to the quality of testing, they say they're SQF level two certified, which is the most rigorous auditing process for quality control out there. When they buy from a supplier, they need to be vetted to meet those strict standards for documentation, quality testing, and source transparency, which is a good thing. Unfortunately, they didn't share any of that with me, so it's good on their side, not too good on my side. Although they did offer me to sign an NDA and read it over, but I just think we should have access to it anyway. Regardless, uh, the sugar is lower than most, which is really good. I, I think that's, that's a really good quality in kombucha because sometimes, a lot of these companies, not sometimes, a lot of these companies are adding in so much sugar to make it sweet and tasty and fruity. Um, I like kombucha brands that keep it as natural and low sugar as, as possible. So 
Uh, 10 grams of sugar, I like that. Organic, I do like that the brand is uh, organic. I would love to see more third-party testing. I don't think that they use the bacillus coagulans, but I can't guarantee it. Uh, so we don't know if they ferment the kombucha completely properly, um, but I'm going to assume that they do. Moving on, Wild Bay, they use reverse osmosis. Um, they use green tea. They uh, haven't done any independent testing for heavy metals since they are using the uh, municipal water and filtering it out. So I do think that they need to be doing heavy metal testing. Um, and when they calculate the sugar content, they say that it is reflecting their true level. So uh, 12 grams of sugar, I think it's a little bit high. Uh, I do not like that they, uh, they don't use an organic source citric acid. Uh, they, I do like that most of their ingredients are organic, but I think the citric acid needs to be organic. And it doesn't look like they use bacillus coagulans and they ferment properly. So pretty good kombucha, I think it could be better. So here are some of the better ones uh, when it comes to kombucha. Bambucha, uh, they use multiple stage water filtration system that includes activated charcoal that gets out, it's sort of like the Berkey, gets out a lot, a lot of the toxic chemicals like chlorine, chloramines, fluoride, all the nasties especially fluoride, uh, that's, that's one that we really need to watch out for in the water. Um, and as for tea, they use green and black tea. They sent the certificates of analysis on the tea, which was really cool. Um, they have 12 grams of sugar per can, which I think is still a little bit high, but compared to the other ones we mentioned, it's still lower. Um, I love that they're organic. Every ingredient in their label is organic, and they use live kombucha, and they specify it's filtered water. So this is a much better quality kombucha than the ones I mentioned. And then for my other top quality kombucha, Rowdy Mermaid. Uh, I actually never heard about this one, but uh, they uh, source their water from Boulder Water. It's triple filtered. They use green and black tea, and uh, they don't test for heavy metals, but they do require that some of their ingredients are tested, and they do annual pesticide uh, testing on major ingredients. Um, I do think that they should be testing for heavy metals regularly, especially if they're drinking or utilizing tea for the kombucha, which they are, all kombuchas are. And I love that they test every batch for the sugar content prior to being shipped, because if the test is deviating from the legally allowed variants, then they don't ship it. So I love that they stay true and honest to the sugar content. I love that they are all organic. Uh, this one had the lowest sugar of all. I think it was nine grams. Uh, it was still all added. I wish it was less, they, and I think that they can do less. But still, the lowest sugar kombucha I found out there, maybe there's more. Um, USDA organic, and they use live cultures, which is really good. So uh, to reiterate, the two, my two favorite ones were Bambucha and Rowdy Mermaid. So if you are a kombucha drinker and you're drinking GTs or Kavita uh, or Dr. Brew or Health Aid, which are really like the big four, um, now you know there's other companies that are better quality and doing better. So uh, I hope if you're a kombucha drinker, you start making the shift and support the companies that are really being more transparent and putting out a better quality product. All right, I can't wait to get to this guest interview. I've been wanting to have Mona on this show for so long. I think you're gonna love her. I love, I love everything she talks about. I love the way she presents it. And I feel really engaged about all of the things she's passionate about. And when we talk about this stuff, it's gonna be nutrition, it's gonna be getting in your body, it's gonna be relaxing your nervous system, it's gonna be her whole story. She's a celebrity nutritionist, but aside from that, she is very much so embodied in getting back to your body. So what I mean by that is that she understands that it's more than food. And so we're going to go deep into her being a parent and how she approaches the health, 
and wellness of our children? What are some of the approaches to getting a healthier household, right? To build quality, trust, and knowing of the body with the kids early on. Mona Sharma is as knowledgeable and engaging as she is sweet and soft in her delivery. So I really can't wait for her to communicate all of this with you all. Super excited. So without further ado, let's get to the show. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best. And they're always at health events and people are loving them. And they're quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alitura Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trophalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. I'm so excited to talk to Mona Sharma. She's a holistic nutritionist and she's so passionate about nutrition, but not only that, holistically how it affects all of our body, all of our systems, and really just us as a whole. So... When I talk to her, see, you ain't gonna be able to feel this, but she has this 
radiant energy coming out of her. Not many people I feel have radiant energy that really draw me in. I feel so comfortable being around you. And it must be because of a lot of work you've done with the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual body because you do radiate this and I've never told you and it's beautiful. That is the highest compliment that I could receive, so thank you. Also, welcome to the show. Thank you, I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. And so many things here just resonate with me deeply along my healing journey, so this is beautiful. Thank you for having me. Oh, you, listen, you're welcome. And um, I'm happy that it took a little bit, but we finally got you on. Yeah. And uh, I'm impressed by not only the energy you put out, but your knowledge base on so much stuff, all things nutrition. I go through your Instagram and you're like, so you can feel passion coming from someone Mm. And it's like radiating, it's coming out of you. You're like, this is what I do. It's not like I'm doing it for money or a job. It's I want to help heal people. You can see that authenticity in people. But anyway, how did you come to a place in your life where you go, this is, this is where I want to be, what I want to do with my life, and this is how I want to help the world. I'm always interested in people's stories like that. Man, I think I'm getting clarity on that still every single year, which I think is a gift. Uh, I didn't become a nutritionist thinking that I would use it professionally, um, you know, to give a glimpse of my story. So before this world, I worked in the corporate world and uh, in beauty. So for brands like Christian Dior and Tom Ford and Bobby Brown, I was able to travel the world and do makeup for celebrities and editorial. And it sounded very glamorous. And I'm sure it's a great job for some people out there who have it. But for me, it was like that typical corporate burnout Um I wasn't happy, I wasn't fulfilling, you know, my inner truth. Uh, I was waking up in hotel rooms, not knowing what city I was in. And uh, I had debilitating heart palpitations. I suffered from anxiety. And that led me to having two heart surgeries for atrial tachycardia, heart palpitations that I just couldn't get under control. And I was put on beta blockers. I ended up gaining 45, 50 pounds. Mm. And living on medication, I just got to a point where I didn't feel like myself combined with not being in my calling, combined with life taking over and just feeling a sense of sadness and anxiety. And it was in my second heart surgery. You're awake. I was looking at my, my heart on a massive screen. And uh, after hours of pumping me with adrenaline and other drugs to try to induce these palpitations, I was just in tears. The doctor said, okay, Mona, you know, we found it. If we go through with this ablation, you might have to wear a pacemaker for the rest of your life. And in that moment, I just thought, this is not my life. I'm not going to leave here wearing a pacemaker. And the irony of all of this is in that moment, I thought of my mom, who I've only ever known to suffer from rheumatoid arthritis. She's like complete deformity, right? Um, my father is Indian, my mom is Danish, but with my dad's insight around Ayurveda and healing, he would take us to live at an ashram every summer. So an ashram is a spiritual center where you go and you focus on eating really healthy Ayurvedic foods, um, yoga, meditation, living in community, living in nature. So here I am with this upbringing, right? The foundation that I knew, I would see my mom try anything and everything to reduce the symptoms of her arthritis lying there in that operating table and just saying, I know that there's a better way. I know that I can heal myself. And so I threw in the towel in the whole corporate world. I quit everything. I ended up going back to the Shivananda Ashram, this time in the Bahamas, and I became a yoga teacher trainer. And uh, I got a spiritual name, and I was able to really tune into my consciousness, my body's ability to heal. I lost weight. Um, I felt just a sense of peace mm. that I don't think that I had felt, honestly, since I was a little girl. 
And that was like that inner intuition that I knew, like, this is something, this is really something. And a priest at the ashram, I was like, you know, Krishna, what do I do? I, I don't know what to do with my life. What do I do? And he just said in his Indian voice, you know, get a, a card, write your name, and yoga teacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start right That's there. That's a start. Yeah. yeah, so I went back and I started teaching yoga. and. Throughout um, nutrition, not knowing that I was going to use it professionally, I just realized that, wow, this is an opportunity for people to take health into their own hands. And I guess with that interest and the passion that you mentioned, I just started talking to people more about it. And then I started gaining clients and that just kept leading me to where I am today. Well, well, a beautiful story. That is beautiful in itself because when I hear people's stories, it sort of all is converging to the same place. And it's, if you listen... Life is going to bring you to your purpose. If you listen. Right? Yeah. If you don't listen, you get symptoms like anxiety and yeah. heart palpitations, right? And for me, it's like the body is the most sophisticated, exquisite, intelligent being. Mm -hmm. It is you. It is alive. And it very much so knows the subtleties when you're not doing what is in alignment. Absolutely. And for me, even, even though your mind wanted to be in this traveling and it's so glamorous and it's amazing, your body was like, hell no, I don't feel safe. I don't feel like I'm, a, I'm in alignment and I'm not in my purpose. Yeah. And isn't it yeah. beautiful that when you finally went to that ashram, your body said, oh, thank you. Like, I've been waiting all my life since you were a child. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, in Ayurveda, we often call that accumulation, right? Our bodies are miracles. Like, we just have to remind ourselves our bodies are miracles. And I think every day we get these, this information, these cues, these symptoms that we're suffering with, but we get used to living with them, right? And as we say in our world, like just because your symptoms are common does not mean that they are normal, right? So what if you just stopped and tuned in, right? Today I was talking to a client about the fact that we store so many of our emotions within our body and that results in the manifestation of pain, imbalance, or God forbid, illness. Mm. And it's kind of like walking around with these little cuts inside of ourselves that are calling for attention, like, hey, help me heal in here, I need some support. But we just go about life, we stay with the busyness. And I think a lot of us become too fearful of tuning in and listening because it might actually cause us to have to do more work. Mm -hmm. Healing's not easy. You know, people think that I just arrived at this moment, but it's been 20 years, mm -hmm. 20 years of work, of finding experts, of dealing with ups and downs and obstacles and, I'm still on the journey, like mm -hmm. I really am. But now, I think that the foundation is I'm so committed to helping other people heal um, and to really just tune into their own guidance system and their own intuition. I think that a lot of the answers that we seek are really within us. Mm -hmm. And I share a lot of the rituals from the ashram to support them in their day-to-day -day life without having to escape, right? Mm -hmm. my, my, I always wanted to run away. Like the second things got too crazy or too hard, I was like, get away, let's go somewhere I can just forget about everything, right, a Band-Aid. Um, but now I recognize that the intuition is within us. Yeah, and it's super uncomfortable when you're not running away. Oh, yeah. And we all run away with mm -hmm. overcompensations with work, right, with, with socialization, friend time, with sex, with eating, with working out. Everyone has their way that they overcompensate. And, um, yeah, it's like when we run away and we do it for long enough, it's like holding like a water balloon underwater. Absolutely. As, yeah. as I once heard so eloquently said, it's like you're holding it and it's, it comes up, it comes up, and you come to the point where you're depleted and you can't hold it anymore. 
And then when it comes up, oh boy, that's the breakdown. That's the breakdown. That that's the breakdown. The breakthrough, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and we resist that breakdown because we don't want to see the pain. But what yeah. I find is that our body manifests that signal that, hey, you're, you're holding down this water balloon underwater. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I'm out of balance. Here is a skin disease or some pain here or some gut issues. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Coming from school, it was so holistically oriented, but there was a lot of physical, right? Like how to treat physically. Yeah. But in my journey of learning about the body and health, it's like the rest of the glacier is that mental, emotional, spiritual part of you. Oh my gosh, yeah. And like, look, thank God for doctors who are trained in that manner. My doctors at the time of my heart surgery, they recognized a problem, they wanted to take it away. Exactly. They were doing their job. They're doing a great job. They didn't want me to suffer anymore. But there was such a bigger layer, you know, deeper layers of surface that could have been uncovered to support my healing at that time. And um, I think that things would have been very different for me had I walked out of a doctor's office knowing that I had a partner there, right? Somebody who's really supporting me in my healing journey. But instead, I felt scared. I felt fearful. I felt, oh my gosh, I'm going to be on medication. And I really identified as somebody who is sick. I have a heart condition. Yeah. Well, what is my vibration if I go out into the world? I'm, I'm sick. I have a heart condition. And, you know, I have a brother who's 10 years older, and he was like the athlete. He would do triathlons and bike rallies and everything. And one year he asked me to do it, and this was after my heart surgery. And I said, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm scared. I've got a heart condition. And I remember him saying, it's like, how's that working for you still? Mm. You know, how does that feel when you say that? It's like, you're right. And so I found somebody to help me train. And sure enough, I ended up doing this three-day triathlon where I rode my bike and I swam. I rode my bike 120 kilometers in Toronto. And I felt freedom. I showed myself that I could step out of these symptoms that I identified so deeply with. And I stepped into a new version of myself. And is it incredible that the mind will continuously recirculate and revalidate that experience? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The more you, and this is, look, if, if you're going through something that I'm not saying deny it, there's no there's there's place and recognition and acceptance, yeah. but also the perpetuation of the story is is the part of it that revalidates that experience. Yeah, right. What's so funny is that so um, when people book a consultation with me, um, I can feel them itching. Mona, tell me what to do. Tell me what to eat. What are the supplements? Just put me on a routine. I'm going to go and do it. Right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Let's just hold, pump the brakes on that a little bit. Let's just talk about. When, you, when did you start feeling these symptoms? Um, when did you start feeling a sense of unhappiness in your body? When did you start feeling a sense of dis-ease within you? And sure enough, like nine times out of 10, the person on the other end is in tears. They're remembering a memory that makes them feel sad, um, or whether it was around trauma or sadness or pain or anxiety or whatever it is, these low vibration emotions. And then I say, well, let's start there, right? Let's give yourself a sense of freedom first. I think we live in a society where we're so focused on appearance, right? I want to get there to achieve this goal. I want to get there to look this way. What if we focused on the feeling? If you focused on feeling great, don't you think the look would kind of match match up, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the biggest difference too when I think about the ashram, the type of yoga that we practice there versus yoga here. We focus on the feeling and in between each asana is a hatha yoga practice, we would stop and rest. So imagine doing a yoga class, but doing shavasana between every pose. Mm, 
whoa, gets you right back in your body. Gets you fully. right back in your body, grounded down on the ground, out of your head when maybe your thoughts started to kick in, take over. Comparing. Question, How do I look? Yes. She's doing it better than me, right. right? And so it was this reset, and that was like really great tra training. And I think that we have to go back to that. Just even when we speak to somebody, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, you know, I'm stressed, I'm busy, right? No, 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 tell me how you're feeling. Mm. Let me feel you, let me mm. support you in what you're feeling. Let me help you get it out of your body. And then all of a sudden you've got this deep connection with somebody and you're able to connect, right? We all want that connection, especially after the past two years. That's magic. That's it, that's the magic. <laughs> and, and it's so ironic that you're saying this because literally my work in the past, this whole year yeah. has been bringing recognition to how I support people in their feelings. Mm. The, the irony is that I found that I did a really poor job of it, mm. uh, especially with loved ones, supporting loved ones or uh, partners or friends, um, particularly because I don't want to see my own emotions, so I don't yeah. want to be with their emotions. But on top of that, like you learn medically. Yeah. I mean, I've worked in cancer hospitals. Do, do not go to the level of emotion with them. Keep a safe distance offer them support with these tenets of how you approach yeah. these type of counseling situations. So I fully resonate that when people are felt, like, mm -hmm. how are you feeling, right? Versus like, how are you doing? Oh, you know, today I did my podcast and, you know, versus like, I'm kind of like run down about all this and I don't know what to do. Feeling yeah. supported and seen, mm -hmm. I have found, builds the deepest connection and conversation. Absolutely. And it's so beautiful that you, that you say that because I'm like, oh my God, this is synchronicity. This is exactly <laughs> what I'm working on. Literally, I've been journaling about it all week this week. Wow. So it's powerful. I, I love that you said that. Um, you mentioned the ashram. Yeah. And you mentioned rituals. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're about to drop some ancient hidden secrets on us. Can, can you share with us uh, some of the stuff that you learned in the ashram that maybe you bring into your practice now? Yeah, so I had one client, a dear client of mine, who was Jewish, had never practiced yoga, very, you know, firm in his faith, and he thought that the ashram was um, a space about Hindu spirituality, and I can't go there, but I'm really interested. Can you kind of tell me more? And so he, um, we decided, okay, well, I'm going to create an ashram in the city for you. So there was one weekend his family was away, and I would show up at his house, and I recreated the schedule of an ashram and the practices of an ashram within his home. And um, going back to that idea of you think you have to escape, you just simply have to set the stage in your house, in your environment for you to have success. So show up at 5.30 in the morning. Um, and at the ashram, we start with 30 minutes of meditation together, 30 minutes. After that, we would go into a bit of a satsang. Satsang is when you sit in community and you have, you know, connection and dialogue and stuff like that. Two hours of yoga, um, but in that yoga, it was 30 minutes of breath work followed by an hour and a half of that asana practice. Yeah. And a really delicious Ayurvedic lunch. And we repeated that schedule again at night. We did this for two days. And of course, I saw his nervous system shift. I, ha I saw him have these little breakthroughs on a yoga mat. Have you ever been to a yoga class when you see somebody get up and walk out? Oh, hell yeah. Right? Some people don't even walk out. They don't even walk down. out, they're just like, <gasps> yeah. yeah, that's sobbing, that's that, like freedom right, um, a release that's happening within the body. And so when I saw that shortly after becoming yoga teacher and nutritionist, I just thought, wow, okay, I can really take all of the rituals that I grew up with and instill them in my own life. And that's what I've been doing. So, you know, setting the stage, all you have to do is ask yourself this one question. Is making this decision going to nourish me 
and take me closer to the version of myself that I want to feel, that I want to become? Or is making this decision going to deplete me and keep me stuck where I am or going back to the version of myself that I want to leave? And this goes for the conversations that you have, the food that you're eating, the television that you're watching, the clothes that you're wearing, um, you know, what you're reading even. Like you can really ask this guiding-like question in every moment of your life. And if it brings you a sense of peace and happiness and joy, then that's your thing, right? Because I think, you know, as a nutritionist also, um, people know what's healthy. People know what to eat, Yeah. right? If I put two plates of food in front of you, one was healthy, one had, you know, some processed food or whatever, you would know what to choose. The question is, well, why aren't you choosing that version for yourself, right? And um, it goes to that, that point of, well, can you love yourself enough to nourish yourself? Can you really put yourself into the number one position of the to-do list that you have? Because if you take care of yourself, then you show up so much more powerfully for everything else in your day. And so the rituals, and I keep saying the word ritual instead of habits, habits come and go. If you turn it into a ritual, you notice like, oh, something's off today, right? I saw, um, there's a TED talk that I saw. So apparently there's certain people who will brush their teeth before having a shower and people who will brush their teeth after having a shower. Oh, who does that? I know, right? <laughs> Always before. Yes. But if you do it after, you're like, ooh, something's like totally off, uh -huh. like my jive's off a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah. So when you can create these rituals within your life and you know, really honoring your constitution, your rituals are gonna be different than mine, right? right? So if we stop looking for these external people just telling us what to do, honor your rituals, make it so important within your daily tasks so that you can just show up feeling good. Right? Yeah, they, they have been what has changed my life. You know, I've done a few podcasts uh, right when I was like really starting, I was like jumping on everything. I was talking nonstop. Yeah. And a lot of them asked me, what if, if one thing we could do for our health? And I said, me time. You have to find your yeah. ritual time. It has to be every single day. And I found some, uh, some obstacles in, in communicating this with uh, new moms. I found obstacles in like single moms, single dads, new dads. And it, it became difficult because I'm like, yeah, take an hour out of your morning. But not everyone has an hour oh. or an hour and a half to do yoga or, or breath work. Now I know you have two beautiful children and you are a busy mom. Mm -hmm. How in the world do you <laughs> find time to put those devotional rituals for yourself? Yeah, I struggle with this, but I let go of all judgment. That's the difference. So my amazing kids, I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old. They're morning babies. My daughter got up at 5.30 this morning. So typically I will wake up at around 4.30, 5 a.m. But I do this as a gift to myself because that's my magic morning hour. If I start the day off in my meditation practice with journaling, I really attune to my higher self and I start the day off that way, I feel great. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? An experience to prove that it's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in that process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid scientific research based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty-grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee 
apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication is my favorite is their dedication to purity and safety their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides toxins and harmful mycotoxins those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health causing issues like liver and kidney damage digestive problems brain fog and fatigue purity coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity and this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee and the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roasts with sweet fruity notes and their dark roasts with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open that I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights and these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. But you're, when you're a mom or a dad, like that doesn't always happen. We have these little people just tapping us on the shoulders and other life takes over. Um, but I think the difference is that you don't give um, being thrown off track any meaning. So often if I'm making my coffee in the morning, I will be standing there in tree pose. My eyes will be closed for a few seconds and I'm setting my intention for the day. Or I'll make it a practice to stop in between my clients and just like tune in, do a page of journaling. Um, or my non-negotiable is that night before I go to bed, I have to listen or um, journal or I do some red light therapy or whatever it is, some breath work before I go to bed so that I get it in at some point during my day. Mm. And when life gets very abundant, which it is right now, um, I think that it's very easy for me to go back to the old version of myself. You know, the hardcore A-type, go, 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 get things done. Um, 
And as I mentioned to you, like right now I'm struggling with my health a little bit. I've got some adrenal fatigue. I wasn't recognizing the symptoms. I was so focused on going and achieving that I wasn't tuning in. But instead of getting attached to that in this moment, it's the realization like, oh, you did it again. You know, listen to those cues that your body is sending you. Otherwise, it's going to lead to something greater. Um, And my greatest reminder, like the whole reason I'm doing this is for vitality. When I'm 90, 100, maybe 110, I don't know, I want to be, you know, very active. I want to be running around my kids. So this idea of a why, right? If you think about what your why really is for you to do these practices that we have that keep us feeling good, then you stay more committed to it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you always have the goal in mind. You always have the vision in mind. And I love that you said, because then I feel validated because the advice I've given, because I'm not a parent, (laughs) to, to parents is, Finding that time throughout your day. It doesn't have to be one hour consecutive. I go, you take a shower, right? Yeah. And in, in that in that shower, be present in, in the shower. Feel your fingers running through your hair. Yeah. Feel the soap on your skin. Feel the water hitting you. Do 10 breaths, right? Mm-hmm. Already, you've done way more than most people do in general. Absolutely. If you make coffee and the kids are, you know, taking a bath or getting dressed, you can do like the tree pose and just feel yourself grounded. So, Driving, you driving. know, at some point yeah. you're driving. You know, on my way here, I was listening to this Kirtan music that made me really happy, and See? I thought, Psh, yeah, exactly. Tune in. You can yeah. always so there's there's ways to do it. So I love that you brought that in here, and 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 thanks for being honest about you feeling off, right? Because that yeah. it doesn't just because you're working on your health doesn't mean it's always a linear path where you're just doing all. better every single time. You know, yeah. I work on my health all the time, and sometimes I'm like holy shit, like I haven't paying attention at all and now my body's tired, I'm depleted and I'm I'm done for the weekend. I can't even, yeah. like just yesterday, I couldn't meet up with everyone because mm-hmm. I felt so run down because I haven't listened to my body. And you listen to yourself to and do that, listen, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm really turned on at this idea of optimization, right? Do something every day to optimize yourself, right? And you know, even what I say about my rituals, every single day I focus on three rituals. One, having a meal that nourishes me. Two, having a mindfulness practice, whether it's one minute or 30 minutes. And then three is movement. So something from these three pillars that is going to allow me to feel great, right? And somebody actually gave me the compliment the other day. She's like, I really noticed your kids are in a lot of your photos when I'm meditating or doing yoga. I let them watch me. You know, in the same way that I would watch my dad when I was little at the ashram, that was the imprinting that was happening as well, right? Mm-hmm. So now my kids know, you know, last night I heard my my son sitting down with my husband, like, okay, dad, take a deep breath. It's just like ground into yeah. this. Like, it's okay to do it with your kids around. Make it a, a family affair if you have to. Yeah, I remember um, my mom would do, <laughs> she would have this yoga book and she wouldn't watch, there was no, no video. She would just turn the pages and do these different poses. It's like a yoga book from the 70s. It was like yeah. black and white and it like, <laughs> smelled like mold. It was <laughs> totally. old. But I knew that when she was in the corner over there, she was doing yoga, but I remember one point when I was a kid, I, I sat by her and I, I started going, oh, mm. I, I, I don't know. I probably saw it in Ninja Turtles commercial. Yeah, totally. like Splinter was doing it or something. But um, it, it's, it, you imprint it on the kids when they know that this is something that mom does for, you may not understand the concept of rituals or mm-hmm. even really just mental health or overall health, but you just know it's mom's time. That's all I understood. It was my mom's time for, right. for her. So I'm not going to bother her. But then I remember I was just like, hey, look at me. I'm doing it too. I'm meditating. <laughs> but, uh, so beautiful. It, but what a gift to pass on to your kids yeah. if they know that you make time for yourselves. Maybe they, in the midst of being a child and cartoons and iPhone and, you know, friends, they make time for themselves too. 
Yeah, and like this idea of a mindful minute, right? We're hearing this as a buzzword or buzzwords. I haven't heard it yet. Mindful minute? Mindful minute? You heard about this thing? Man, mindful. I, I get things that, I, man, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, you know those countries that get the movies like two years later? Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, they're like, Avatar was so good. That's how I am. I just get, I always hear things way later. I'm like you. I'm, I'm a late, late bloomer when yeah. you're trendsetters and stuff like that. But these idea of mindful minutes that you can find throughout the day, right? So it's when you're really attuning your mind, your body, and spirit, where you're so engaged with the moment that the past and the future disappear right? That's the mindful minute. And that can come to you through dancing. You know, people think that meditation always has to look like this. You can do a meditation walk. You can do a meditation dance. You right. can do meditation breath work. You can do a meditation with your friends. Right. Like just sit and hold space for each other, right? Whatever it is for you that just brings you to the present moment, like we are right now, mm -hmm. right? And finding flow and how good it feels to just be present. Oh, so, so much better freedom. than worrying about. And what I found is actually on this podcast early on is that it's better if I fully be present with the person and then when it's my turn to talk, yeah. like remember what they said really fast and then, and then ask my question based on what comes up mm -hmm. versus ever writing questions out or, or thinking that. ahead. Yeah, because <laughs> for me, it's very important to be in a flow of conversation where it, it, everything's organic, right? Yeah. Man, I talk about organic food all the time. You know, like <laughs> the conversations must be organic too. So, I, but I, I love that. I love just the whole concept of that mindful minute, um, mm -hmm. just mindfulness. For me, it is uh, walking on the beach mm -hmm. when I make sure that every uh, time my foot hits the sand, I feel every muscle as much as I can activating. Mm -hmm. And then if water just comes out of nowhere and hits me, I feel the water, I breathe. It, it's sometimes, it's like, I know how long the walk is, yeah. but sometimes when I come out of it, I'm like, whoa, like, I don't even remember passing the pier. I don't remember passing the big yeah. dune. I don't remember passing that crowd of people that I see behind me now. That's the most beautiful part because I feel my nervous system go, oh, like, Absolutely. thank you. And how, how important it is to just be more mindful. And you could do it anywhere, anytime, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, I think going back to the importance of right now, especially for people who have children, you know, our kids are these, you know, little miracle magnets walking around and they're absorbing all of this energy that's happening in the world, right? And we're doing our best to make sure that we're not exposing them to a lot of the stress and anxiety that's out there. But people are, are stressed, right? Stress is like the number one emotion that we typically feel from people. Our kids are feeling that, right? And now they're going to school with masks on. And what I've noticed within my son, one day he, um, he went to take a deep breath and I noticed he was really contorting his body. Mm -hmm. to try to take a deep breath in. So, you know, we took him to the pediatrician and she said, oh, he's developing something called side breath. Mm -hmm. I've never, never heard of that before. Um, so she wrote him a note to, you know, ask maybe when he's outside, let's stop wearing masks and let's just hope that that just comes into fruition very soon. Um, so with these kids, my son being a little empathetic, I feel like it was absorbing anxiety taking shorter, shallow breaths, and then combining with this mask wearing, also taking shorter, shallow breaths. And then I'm wondering, well, oh my gosh, you're training your nervous system to take short, shallow breaths, mm -hmm. right? What's, if we're taking short, shallow breaths every day, that's fueling anxiety and worry, For right? Sure. And so this idea of expansion, you know, having a practice even as a family, 
Um, every single day at dinner time, we'll have a, another ritual that we say, okay, tell me about a rose that happened today and tell me about a thorn. So together we can like, oh, that really acknowledge something that felt good and really acknowledging something that we want to leave our body. And again, another, um, another way of practicing mindfulness within community to let go some of the, of some of the anxiety that's accumulating within us so that we can feel a sense of peace. What a great practice. I was like, I'm never gonna forget that because one day when I have kids, I wanna bring that mindfulness every single day and what better way to do it in community, right? You're, this yeah. is the ch tribe for the kids. Mm -hmm. So they wanna be able to express that. Uh, do, you, do you ever, and I, when I always thought about when I have a child, something important for me is to bring awareness to where in the body the emotions are, how, mm. how it's felt, what it feels like, to give it more character and then to teach them how to feel or ask their body what it needs mm -hmm. and, then, and then honor that and then how to breathe and move that energy. Uh, is there anything, that, a way that you've approached that with your kids about bringing body awareness uh, for their emotions? Absolutely. Whenever they're, when I ask, how are you feeling today? Um, they'll say, good. I'm like, okay, tell me a little bit more. How are you feeling? How's your heart feeling? How's your stomach feeling? And at night, we'll do a practice where we do a body scan Breathe into your toes, let me see your toes wiggle. Breathe into your legs, let me see your legs move. Breathe into your knees, breathe into your belly. Let me see your belly blow a big balloon up into your belly and let it go. Breathe into your heart. It's like this mindfulness around knowing, oh yeah, I can feel into different parts of my body. And that I can say with my son, now that he's seven, he can really say, mommy, you know, my heart's feeling a little sad today or my neck is really, really hurting. And I will talk about his emotions and what comes up. Right? And there's two parts, right? One, acknowledging the habits that they have that aren't serving, yeah. but also the things that they're holding on to. And I think especially for children, talking to them about how they're feeling. So digging a little bit deeper. How are you feeling? Good. How was your day? Good. Well, tell me about your day. What happened? What made you feel really good today? Was there anything that made you feel a little uncomfortable? Was there anything that made you feel sad or angry? When you get them talking, it's just like a way of acknowledging um, that they can let it go, right? Yeah. You know, in the same way that as adults, we became accustomed to holding on to grudges or pain right. or anxiety and people like lives in your stomach, right? My hope is that we can really instill the sense of um, self-healing is what it is ultimately with little kids mm -hmm. and taking that on into the future. Which is huge because we lose that at some point mm -hmm. uh, at the sacrifice of belonging, at the sacrifice of our own independence, at the sacrifice of someone saying that you shouldn't show this emotion at some point in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, but what a, a, for me, that is the biggest gift you can give a child. Yeah. To give them awareness of their emotions and to give them the autonomy to know that they can move those emotions, mm -hmm. they can feel them and then move them through the body, right? Whether it's breathing, whether it's dancing, whether it's running up and down a tree, whatever it is, but they can start moving that energy. Uh, and and bring that into adolescence and bring that into adulthood, because man, I walk around and people are holding on to way too much shit. I can and me being very empathetic, I can feel it. If I'm in a room with someone, I'm like, whoa, that person's holding on to a lot. Mm -hmm. Like that person needs to lay down. I need to put my hand on their chest, and they need to start shaking and crying. Yeah. Right. And it's and, and it brings me back to when you were talking to your patient, and you asked them when did this disease start. All it takes is them. To, to bring that memory back and they're crying. That just shows there's so much healing that needs to be had. If, they, if someone's still crying, talking about the experience, there's still stuff in the body, so. Yeah, it's your mind believing that it's happening again in that moment. It, it, and right? we feel it. 
and we feel it. And you know, in your world, I geek out completely over the science that's coming out around this gut-brain axis, right? Any memory that you can relive, you are you know, reliving the emotions within your body. So um, I have a practice with my clients where I develop this best self snapshot. And we literally create the memory in which they remember. Imagine a time in your life where you felt a sense of freedom, peace, joy, fun, happiness, maybe even a time in your life or a moment where you felt like you were on top of the world, you threw your hands up in the sky, you're like, oh my gosh, this feels so good, right? Recall that moment, make it real, and then we dive deeper. Mm. What did it look like? What did it smell like? What were some other sensorial things that you can recall? Was there music? Could you feel the sun on your skin? Was there a breeze? Mm. What were you wearing? Could you feel the, the ground beneath you? Right. All of a sudden, their eyes are closed, happy tears are running down their face, they're smiling, and instantly I recognize we shifted their vibration, right? When you can learn to consistently shift your vibration into that state of feeling happiness, peace, and joy, you're creating the environment for your body to heal itself, right? So to your point, if you're still living with those moments of sadness where tears of sadness are running down your face, then you can't live up here for too long, can you? Because mm -hmm. right? you're right back there. You're right and back there. And even if you're not talking about it, you're right back there. Your body's right back there. Absolutely. And what I feel is that so many people are still reliving it, even though they're not talking about it, in their bodies. And we don't know how much pain people are in. Actually, people don't even know how much pain they're in. No, just yesterday, um, I have a, a woman, we're talking about her past. She started crying. She's like, oh, I'll stop in a second. Just never mind. Like, just do you notice what you just did? You wouldn't have let yourself, you wouldn't let yourself cry. You wouldn't let yourself have that freedom of the release of the tears that was just like wanting to get out of your body, right? Yeah. And that's so normal because we want to be strong. We want to muscle through things yeah. and like just move on and like get to it. It's not the way anymore. Yeah, it's not. When I remember being in practice, there was a cancer patient and we were talking and this, he had emotion ready to come up and he goes, oh, sorry, hold on, I'm about to cry. Okay, we're good. And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what, yeah. you know? And what I'm finding is, look, I've done cancer care for so long and my mom passed away of cancer when I was in school and I dove into every avenue for cancer and I firmly believe that I have a, really good understanding about what drives cancer. And at the end of the day, amongst all the things that we know in medicine, even toxins, amongst everything we know, they're the mo most massive component is the suppressed, held-in trauma in the body. Absolutely. It, it is, it's mm. sort of, the best way I can under understand it is you're holding in this energy that is stuck in the body, so powerful, and at some point, it turns back in on itself and yeah. it's sort of like eating away and atrophies or, or, or it starts building up and tumors. And it's, it's funny because like, I heard a long time ago, they're like, this is the shamanic belief of cancer. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I kind of get it. It's like, yeah, you know, energetics and everything. And it's full circle again. Like I went through the fit. I saw the chemo, I saw the radiation, I saw the surgery, I saw supplements, I saw diets, I saw all the, like the sophisticated technologies that are holistic. And then I just end up at the back at the same space. And I was like, well, shit, you know? Yeah. And it's powerful. Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, 
right? We have to make sure we have the best of the best, but especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Peori's O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Peori is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Peori.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Peori. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century-old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. I love that you brought that up. You know, we need a normalizing of this term woo-woo, right? Because so many people, when they get sick, they instantly just want to go hardcore into the medical side of things, right? And rightfully so, right? There's a time and a place for that. Um, but it's both worlds. Like, really, when I work with somebody on their healing journey, we, of course, understand their biology. I will ask my clients to get a full-spectrum blood lab, um, likely a saliva test. I can understand their hormones and their stress levels, a stool test so that we can understand their digestion, which is everything, right? But we also use that um, in relationship with like a full spectrum healing approach of understanding their emotional body and their spiritual body, right? And I'll never forget, I was talking to Dr. Hyman about a client of mine who has cancer. And in his, you know, brilliance would say, uh, oh, it's autoimmune, it's fixable, mm -hmm. right? It's like, yeah, it's autoimmune, it's fixable, right? And, um, you know, I think it's important that we just, we learn to fuse these two worlds together and take the best from both worlds and give people a sense of freedom to 
um, engage in new practices that might be unfamiliar with them. But that means that, you know, it's conversations like this that have to normalize, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's, it's a, it's, listen, I worked in the integrative hospital. Thank God that we worked with, uh, with an oncologist, radiation oncologist, surgeons, who are absolutely seeing the power of how when we all work together, patients' outcomes, and when they're going through chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, they do so much better. Yeah, I'm talking right. about the ones that opted for this route of integrative versus just solely conventional. It was day and night. It was yeah. like, you. I, I could walk to the hospital and be like, they're not working with integrative, I can tell, because they, they're so beat up and like, we know how cancer therapy yeah. works. And then other ones, I'm like, I can't believe that this person is walking upright. Like, you can hardly tell they have, they're losing some hair, but they feel good. And mm -hmm. um, the integrative model is so important to me. What I find is so much resistance from old school, conventional, like, this is the way and the only way, which is it's very dangerous in anything, any narrative, any, any conversation, dialogue. And that dogmatism is really hard. Conversely, in even naturopathic or functional, mm -hmm. this is the way and the only way. Yeah. I'm like, come on now. You know, that, that was me in school. I was like, no, 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 let's, let's find a way. And you're right. Like, if we can have all under one roof, like, the best of both worlds, yeah. including, like, all the supplements, herbs, all the, all the medications, and then all the energy stuff, man. Yeah. Moving it out of the body. Absolutely. Do you know how powerful medicine would be as so a are whole? Are we building this? Yeah, let's do it. So let's do it. I, I saw a place in Malibu that's up for sale. I'm in. <laughs> I, I, we, just, we need to start gathering some funds first. Go call back, call back Dr. Mark Hyman, see if he's, see if totally. he's in first. I'm uh, sure people will be, but like, we have to call it what it is, right? Yeah. We are living in an era of hyper-wellness. Look at every podcast that you've done, right? There's a lot of information out there. A lot of it's backed by science, but you'll find everything. Anything that you want to find, you will find online. But the facts are, diabetes is on the rise right, amongst adults and children. Obesity is on the rise amongst adults and children. Cancer is on the rise amongst adults and children. Anxiety-related disorders are on the rise, especially after the past two years. Depression, opioid crisis, like these are all on the rise. So something within the system of us educating the world on wellness, rituals, habits, and practices is broken. Right? And I think that if we become a society who shares more about the stories that you've shared with integrative medicine and healing, and my stories about at the ashram, and millions others, right, who can look back at a lot of these ancient practices, going back to basics of what nature is offering us to heal so that we feel soothed, so that we can feel a sense of um, peace, mm -hmm. like literally feel that moment when healing starts happening within the body, because for a second you feel good. Yeah. That is the moment we're going to start to see shifts. Yeah, right? yeah, it's 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 beautiful that you say that. I'm writing a book, and in that book is is getting back to nature. So it's literally mm. almost everything in that book is free, and and it's I'm talking about the science of it, and I'm talking about what is the utility in your health, how mm -hmm. to combine it. Are you depleted in it, or do you get enough? Here's a here's a quiz to take. But the bottom line is, is that I find the more separate you are from nature, the the more sick you are. Oh yeah, and and we've become. It, it's so normalized in a society to follow everything that takes us away from nature. Waking up, putting on, going on our phones, putting on the news, drinking coffee, getting into our car, and then getting into an office. And where was the sun? Where was the, where was the bouncing of the nervous system? Yeah. Right? Where was you putting your feet on the ground? Where was the breathing? Mm -hmm. right? And then on the weekends, you go and you party and you drink with your friends, but that's not community. That's not community. Right? We're There's talking no about real deep yeah. community connection. So um, that's what I'm writing. But amongst all of that, 
the biggest is the safety. It is the mm-hmm. nervous system going, I feel good. Yeah. It is a nervous system going, because it, it doesn't care about the day before. It goes, today, do I feel good? Is it safe? Is there a bear here? Is there, is there a tiger here? No, wow, the sun, I'm getting all the signals. I'm back to nature, the sun. Oh, I hear a bird, my feet are on the ground. And then you're nervous. Like you said, that moment, you know you're healing because the, the stress on the nervous system, which is fear, mm-hmm. goes down. And then you get to feel your inherent love just come up. And you're like, oh, my God, what is this? And a love vibration, I still I say it every single time, it's very hard for me to believe that you can ever have disease in a love vibration. Oh, you're talking my language. Yeah, two years ago, I started using the word vibration with my clients, and they're like, meh. Now, it has a lot more meaning, right? And what's the first thing that you do when you go into nature, right? Sun, you take a deep breath. You know, you go to the ocean, you take a deep breath. You get out of the car and you step into the woods, you take a deep breath, right? Your body knows what to do when you acclimate to the vibration of nature, right? Just two weekends ago, my husband and I were in Santa Barbara, up in the mountains, we could see the ocean. We took our shoes off so that our feet were planted into the ground. I put my hand on a tree. And I just looked at him and I said, we have the exact same stresses in this moment that we did two hours ago when we were in Los Angeles. But in this moment, I feel okay about everything. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. It's right? crazy. And and I, I will second out, piggyback on that. Wednesday, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is what I say. When it, when you hear the term rains, it pours. Mm-hmm. Most of my life, it just kind of like drizzles maybe once every other month a little bit. Yeah. I haven't had a rains, it pours for a good two and a half years. Wow. Like right when COVID started, I remember the last event where I felt in my body this mm-hmm. amount of pressure. It was like Wednesday, one, two, three events within three hours. I'm like... My life, this is a movie. This is like, this is a movie. Someone just cued like, yeah. like tsunami on me here. And, and, thank, and thank God I had enough grounding to be like, okay, I feel an intense amount of pressure on my chest, an intense amount of pressure on my stomach. And I'm, I'm like outside of the parking lot of Air One in Santa Monica, like trying to work through something on my phone, trying to like make, put out this fire, but work through this, send this email. And then I go, I'm going to Topanka. I'm going to the mountains. And I turn off my phone, I went to the mountains. It was within an hour. Like, mm-hmm. I was just felt like this 10 out of 10 pressure. And then I'm in the mountains, and then I get out of my car, and I take off my shoes, and I put my feet on the ground. Yeah. And it's so crazy because it was, the first thing that happened was like, ah, oh, like that. Mm. Like, like someone just took out all of the air out of me. I walked. I sat down on, on a rock. I overlooked a peak by myself for about an hour. I, I relaxed. I breathed. I got back in my car. My ner- everything was still the same, Absolutely. but the nervous system was completely different. Yeah, and when you go about those same tasks in a nervous system that's in a state of rest and digest, you can accomplish things, right, with ease instead of the anxiety and the worry that you typically do, which is what we're trained to do. And there was clarity. And there's clarity. I, I, I'm like, how do I handle this? What do I say? Oh, my God, here's, here comes up scarcity and lack, and, you know, what am I going to— and then I came and I was like, oh no, I'm clear. Yeah. This is, and it's, and it's, you, you feel okay with so much. Mm-hmm. Moral of the story, get to nature. Get to nature, yeah. But also normalizing this, right? I really have this thing around even normalizing meditation. Like if you feel like you need to stop somewhere in public or take a minute in your car or go down to the ocean and just stop and close your eyes, um, just for a moment, or even just look up at the sky and just have moments by yourself, You know, a lot of people I find aren't doing this for fear of what other people will think of them Mm -hmm. if they go and do this practice for themselves, right? Because they're going to look weird. They're going to stand out. They don't want to do that, right? Um, But, you know, I heard uh, a really great teacher in my life just said, well, is it the fear of what somebody else will think of you 
or is it the judgment that you will place on yourself thinking about what you're doing, mm. right? Yeah. It's like a complete mind shift into understanding like the things that you need to take control of to make yourself feel good, you have to make them happen, yeah. right? Get out of your way and kind of normalize the things that you need with a sense of ownership and empowerment and like, I'm doing this for me. Do you want to come join me? Like, let's go do this together. And, and, and you, you help give people the permission for themselves to do the same. Mm -hmm. When I worked at the cancer hospital in Philadelphia, we had a beautiful garden that, that bloomed right from like May to October. Early October yeah. was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it's just snow everywhere. But um, every lunch break, I would, in my white coat, mm -hmm. down to my calves, <laughs> go out and walk that. And I did it every single day. Even in the winter, I actually did. But when they when flowers were blooming, mm -hmm. I would fully be present on, with like one petal, the flower itself. I'd watch a bee, and I'd just be staring at it. Yeah. And I remember one of the uh, what was it? One of the breast surgeons was passing me, and he goes, "You're really the guy that smells flowers." I go, "You should be too." And and in that moment, I was like, "Oh, I must look like a crazy doctor right now." But uh, I invited him to do that, and guess what? I saw him staring at a tree <laughs> about a week later. I was like, hey, dog, I was like, you're, you're the guy who looks at nature like that right now? And he's like, he's like, yeah, man, you rubbed off on me. But that's it. Like, mm -hmm. everyone knows what they need to heal. And in that moment, that particular surgeon sort of knew, just was so it's separate like from onto it. you're something. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, love that, I love that you said that. So I want to talk about, you have, uh, it, as part of your practice, uh, I, I'd be remiss if I don't talk about when we talk about we were talking off air. You have a jicama drink. I do. Hickama, this is the first <laughs> time I've ever seen jicama drink. First of all, I know why I like jicama. I know the benefits of jicama. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually just eat it. I'll put a little chili on it. Yeah. Some salt, maybe a little some lemon. Lime or lemon. Lime or yeah. lemon, and I and I'm feeling good. Where where in God's name do you think to make a jicama drink? And, 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 and what's going on with it? Honestly, okay, so jicama is a root vegetable. It's kind of like a cross between a potato and an apple. It's really unique, but it's high in prebiotic fiber that fuels a good bacteria in your gut, also loaded with vitamin C and hydration. So this crunchy root veggie was something that I used on my clients' meal plans now for over a decade. It's a perfect swap for things like crackers and cookies and stuff like that, or just when you feel like snacking with the tahine and some lime or Yum. some avocado or whatever it is. Yeah. And so um, I was on my second baby moon with my daughter, sitting with my husband. He's like, this tastes really good as a juice because it kind of has this watermelon feel to it. So we thought, okay, we went back to our kitchen, threw it into a juicer, and it tasted really good. Is that right? It tastes like a little bit sweet. It's got that, um, um, you know, just like a little bit of a texture to it that was nice. So we went online to see who's doing anything with jicama juice. We couldn't find anyone, but we did find a ton of stories of people saying, spe specifically from like a Latino background, my mother, my grandmother used to give this to me for a sore belly, or my grandmother used to put the juice on her skin. So we kept investigating, and I originally was going to go to market with a two-ounce wellness shot, one for the brain, one for the gut. Um, but we ended up partnering with these mixologists and made three delicious flavors, and we had no idea what the heck we were doing. The vibration just felt really good, though, so we kept going. And uh, we ended up launching at Coachella 2019, and we ended up being the next, uh, the number one selling drink after beer and water. No way, at Coachella. At you Coachella. mean to tell me a bunch of millennials with sunglasses on were reaching for jicama drinks? They were. I love that. 
Yeah, and so we thought we were on our rise at the same time. Gwyneth Paltrow um, came out and said it was going to be the next superfood of the year. And then COVID happened, but everything happens for a reason. So we just went straight into research and development and really fine-tuned our product. And now we're going to be launching in all Air One stores as of next week. Mm. So it's a really cool feeling. Obviously, it ties into, you know, um, my belief of delivering a better product, specifically within our food system. We even talked about our food system today, which is a whole other conversation. But delivering a product that tastes really good without sacrificing, or sorry, that is really beneficial for you without sacrificing the taste. Yeah. Which I think happens a lot with all the healthy all products the that we use. It's like, oh, it's good for me. <laughs> all the time. Like That's literally like my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this, I totally see, like, if I have a dream, you know, it being in the shelves everywhere as an alternative to sodas that little kids are drinking even, but something that's functional that I love drinking, but is just open for everyone to use. I love that. So is it one flavor or you have different flavors? So three different flavors. We've got a spicy watermelon, a coconut pineapple, and a cucumber what? ginger. Trust me, you're getting some. That yeah. sounds delicious. And I'm over, that's, that was my next thing. Where is, where is mine? I, I feel like I want to chug one right now. You yeah. know, I, I, I can... I can feel the electrolytes in my body. Yeah, oh my gosh. And honestly, Christian, I'm excited about this because I want this to be a wellness brand that's based on prebiotic fiber, around gut healing, around products that taste really, really good. Um, when we juice all this jicama, we get a ton of pulp, so we've turned that into a jicama flower as well. Nice. And yeah, it's nut-free also, so something for the kiddos. Um, but yeah, more to come on that. We've got a lot of products. And, and what is what are your favorite benefits of jicama? That it, it helps the gut? That it's prebiotic. Yeah, it's, prebiotic. it's a great way for people to get prebiotic fiber into their gut as a way to re-inoculate all the good bacteria that we want feeding our flora, is what I always say, mm -hmm. right? And um, But it's something that I, you know, I love sparkling water, so it's easy it's to fit in any time of your day. What I find is uh, my gut is feels best when I have a prebiotic mm -hmm. in, in every meal. Yeah. At least some, and then uh, something fermented before. Absolutely. So usually I like I like get a like little sauerkraut, a tablespoon, eat it, close it up, and then make my meal, and then I'll have a prebiotic in it. It only takes like a week or two weeks for my stomach to feel like fully back. But this is the food as medicine, right? People will often think that they need to go buy a certain product or take supplements to get this. So we call like sauerkraut or kimchi at our house every night before our dinner an amuse bouche. It's like just a tablespoon, muse bouche, get it into your body. And then I'll always focus on, you know, seeing just a ton of colorful veggies on my plate. Um, and then obviously I drink my Hikma drinks. I love that. And, yeah. and your kids uh, are, they're okay with vegetables here? Oh my gosh. Okay. So my son was the kid that would drink green smoothies okay. every day, all day. But then when he started going into the school system and started seeing these foods and God bless um, the school systems here for being able to offer food to families and children who are in need. Um, but if I can fulfill a dream in the future, it's really changing the foods that are going into those bags. Because I'm saying things like Fritos, you know, pizzas, um, you know, those cupcakes that have so much propylene glycol in them that they mm. don't really freeze, mm. right? Yeah. This isn't nourishment, right? And we're wondering why our kids are getting sicker, why they're developing ADD and have to go on medications. It's because of how they're fueling their body, right? So um, my best motto for them, what I'm trying to do is not give them a fear of those foods, but I simply ask them, how many ingredients do you think went in that food? Does it come from nature? Mm, no. Well, how many foods did you eat that come from nature today? Did you eat any? 
right? And so then they focus like, oh yeah, mommy, does this come from nature? They have an understanding of the foods that don't have ingredient labels are the ones that are going to give them more energy mm. so that they can go and play and have fun and feel more um, roses than thorns. Yeah, and then the other ones will just deplete you. And to, it's great. It's a very simple way. And adults can do that too, Absolutely. right? Is this yeah. coming from nature or not? Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's a whole other conversation. I'd love to have you back in a few months. Yeah. We can sit down and talk. It's so, so funny that you're a holistic nutritionist and we need to talk about food. I know. But, <laughs> but, but, but for me, it's like we had to talk about the really deep stuff that, that I think that most of us are suffering with. Because you made the point. Most people will know this is processed food. I shouldn't eat this. And I should eat this. At least they have that understanding. Yeah, the control that food has over people is the emotional attachment to it, right? Emotional eating, right? If we, you know, and it takes some time for some people to lose that emotional attachment, but simply understanding, going back to the fact that food is nourishment, if you're eating to really nourish every cell in your body, you'll know what to eat. Yeah. And whatever you buy, whatever you don't buy, you won't have at home to eat. Mm. There's ways for you to just simplify your life in that way. And then one day you and I will just have to build a farm because I, I can't wait for the day where I learn how to grow food and get my hands yes. into the soil and Same. learn how to do all that and have kids there and then getting their hands dirty. Like, you know, as a culture, we should know how to grow our food and we don't know how to do that. But yes, I'll come back so that we can talk about it. another convo. Totally. <laughs> but by that time, we'll have that place in Malibu, yeah. the healing center, and it'll have a nice little garden and everywhere, which kids running around, hands dirty. Oh, it's a dream. It's a dream utopia. Not really far out of reach. Absolutely not. Um, okay, so where does uh, everyone find you? Yeah, so come to Instagram. I love that platform just for building communities. Say hello. It's um, Mona Sharma. It's just my name. Uh, you can go to my website, which is monasharma.com. Um, and then there you'll see the links to Hikama as well. With an X. With an X, Hikama yeah. with an X. Keep, keep an eye out. You got it. So Hikama, X-I-C-A-M-A. We actually, that's the traditional way of spelling Hikama yeah. that we trademarked. I love that. I love that. Everyone... <laughs> That's Mona Sharma. She dropped some bombs. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you, Mona, for really bringing us to the depths of our health. And I can't wait to have her back on. All right, that is Mona Sharma, everyone. I told you, listen, if you have kids out there, that is a, she gave us some really good tips about raising children to be more conscious, to be more grounded, to have a better connection with food, better connection with family, but really us learning about what it means to get into the body, get healthier, eating better quality food, having a connection to your food, all of the things, because now we know, we've always known, but now we're really stressing that holistic health is way past just what you put in your mouth. It is every single thing in your life, every part of your life. It is holistic. Thank you for joining the show. As always, please rate, review, subscribe. If you haven't yet, I would really appreciate if you give love to the show, rate, review, subscribe, would support the show very much so, and send it to anyone you care about and love who can really benefit from this info. I'll see you next week.